Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So we have been talking about we have been talking about order in his love. Order in his love. That's been the topic. We're going to continue to develop that um, today. We're going to talk about this next Sunday as we wrap things up. And I hope, I hope that you are taking notes. I hope that you are not only taking notes, but that you are reviewing the notes that you are taking. I pray and I hope that as you are taking these notes, reviewing the notes, that you are also asking God to help you continue to grow in your walk as a believer, okay? Because this walk is not contingent or hinged on your relationship with myself as a pastor or this church, but it is a relationship that you have to develop, that you have to nurture, and that you have to grow on your own. So I really pray that you have gone on this journey with me. For all of those that are watching us for the first time online, I'm Jose. I'm the lead pastor here together with my wife, Becky, our amazing staff and the amazing, amazing uh, group of volunteers here. We get to lead this uh, this church family, this community. And um, what we do um, Sunday to Sunday is to just strengthen our walk, grow in our walk and encourage each other. And that's what our aim is. So. Let's get right into God's word this morning, and um, I want you to pray with me. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your amazing love, your amazing grace. We thank you, Lord, for this day in my life did not come as a surprise to you. This day has been already recorded in the books that you have in the heavens about my life and our journey, Lord. So, Father, we pray that you may guide us, lead us in this conversation, that as as we develop this topic, Lord, that we can continue to grow in our depth of understanding of who you are as our Heavenly Father. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. And amen. So if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to open that Bible up at this time. If you don't, you have a Bible app. Let's use the Bible, whatever Bible app you may have. There's um, there's uh, thousands and thousands of Bible apps out there. So um, I know that sometimes it's hard to see everything on the screens up here because of the glares and the lights and things. But um, use your phone, use your tablet as this time. Let's get into it. I've, uh, I've really worked hard to bring you this topic of God's order in his love to you so that you may have clarity. And, and, and I want you to be able to wrap your head around why we live like we live as believers, as Christians, and why we stand in stark contrast to this world. Did everybody get that? We don't live like this world. We live in the world, but we live in contrast to this world. And so I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm going to explain these scriptures Today will flow a little more like a Bible study. It's going to flow more like a Bible study. You're going to feel like, "Uh uh-oh, you're in a Bible study. Yeah, I hope so, so that when you go home, you can continue to grow and develop this study on your own. We're going to be reading out of the book of Romans, chapter 12. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to read it, and as I read it, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause as we read it. I'm going to pause, and then we are going to... Anthony, if you could break that up for me. All right, so it's not... Um, thank you. So congested up there. And um, see, more of a reason for you to have your Bible. There you go. Or, uh, or, or, or your app on your phone. So I'm going to read this, and as I read it, we're going to read it word for word. We're going to pause, I'm going to go over a few things, and then I'm going to continue to develop it. Here we go. You ready? Amen. Just one person is ready. All right. Are you ready? Amen. Okay. Do not conform. That word conform, that word conform means do not adjust or comply. Do not adjust or comply. Conform to the pattern. That word pattern is rhythm or order. Rhythm or order of this world. But be transformed. Somebody say transform. 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 And in the original... Greek, as this word was uh, uh, translated, that word transform comes from the word that we use today as metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, all right? Metamorphosis. Who, who knows what that means? Metamorphosis. Huh? Change? Huh? Go ahead, doctor. What is it, doctor? Yeah. Yeah, it's you're, 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 you're growing from one thing into something else. So you're growing from... And two, and it says to to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. mind. Then you will be able to what? Test and approve what God's will is. In order for us to understand God's will for our life, there are a few things that the scripture is telling us we ought to be doing. Number one. Not adjust and comply. Number two, have a rhythm and a and not to comply and adjust to a rhythm or an order. And what are we not to comply with? And what patterns are we not to follow? The world. The world. And it says that we are to be transformed, to be changed. And this is what helps us understand the will of God. And the Bible then uh, continues and it says, His... Um, his, his will. And then it says, it's pleasing and it's perfect will. It's pleasing and it's perfect. It's pleasing and it's perfect. To who? To who? To God. Now, when we read this verse, there are two things. There are a few things that I, I want to highlight this morning as we continue on our chat on order and his love. Number one, for those that didn't know. The Bible in its entirety has been written, and the original has been written uh, in three different languages. The Old Testament, ancient Arabic, and Hebrew. Then the New Testament in Greek. Number two, the Bible isn't one book. Did you hear that? The Bible isn't one book. What is it the Bible? What is it? It's not a what? It's not one book. Right? The Bible is a collection of 66 books 
that have been written by over 40 authors that were all inspired by the Holy Spirit along a span of 1,500 years. So the book, the Bible, those 66 books, it's taken 1,500 years for it to come into fruition and develop as the book that we know it today. So I want, I want to bring this up so that when you read, you understand that very often a word in the Old Testament isn't quite the same as it is being used in the New Testament. Everybody following me? Everybody following me? All right. All right. All right. So let's read. I'm going to give you a few examples as we develop this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 1. All right, I'm going to read it. All right, I'm going to read it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. It was empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, when we read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, the word... Yeah, could we do that one too, Anthony? With the kind of break it up? Ah, excellent. So the word earth, somebody say earth. earth. That word in its original usage in, uh, isn't the same as it is in the Greek. So in the Hebrew, Aramaic, it's not the same usage. It uses a word in the Greek, cosmos. K-O-S-M-O-S. Now, the reason I want to bring this, this is where we get our word cosmo, C-O-S. This is where it comes from. But it uses in the Greek a word cosmos. The reason I want to bring this word up is because in its definition, it means order, it means adornment, it means world, and it means universe. And it also refers to the earth's inhabitants, to its people, to the race, to the human race, and to a current age and a value system. Now, I know I'm throwing a lot of information, and you're probably getting a headache from all of this. Like, man, just, man, make me shout, make me say something, make me stop my feet. Come on, man, give me something to curl my toes so I can go home. No, I'm not going to do that. I want to give you this stuff so that you could understand the essence of the things that you are reading. I want to make this distinction so that you have a clear understanding of how to read and understand the words and their meaning as you read them and how they apply. Now let's go with me back to Romans chapter 12. So in the New Testament, when we read Romans 12 and it says to do not conform to the pattern of this World, world, one of the words for world is what? Order. Another one? I just gave it to you. Cosmos. Man, so people are just throwing all kinds of words. I heard it. Somebody said, butterfly. 
All right. So, so as you are reading this, do not conform. Conform, we went over what conform means. We went over what pattern means. And then we've covered what world means. As you are reading that word, world, world, that cosmos, you're talking about an adornment, a world, a universe. You're talking about a, a, and, uh, um, an order. You're talking about a system, a value system, a human race. But it doesn't mean earth. It doesn't mean earth. And the reason I want to point this out is because there are a few versions out there that as you're reading it, there's an emphasis on earth and that is not accurate as you're interpreting in your reading. So you have to understand that you are not conforming to the pattern, not of the earth, but of the world. So now that that distinction has been set there, go with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, excellent. Verse 15 through 17. Do not love this world. Do not love this world. Again, it's a value system, human race, inhabitants. It has nothing to do with the earth. So do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world. You do not have the love of the Father in you. Next. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything. We see. Remember last week we spoke about what led Eve to her sin. What was it? It was a visual appetite the satisfaction of visual appetite uh and pride in our achievements and possessions listen so it is a craving for everything that we see and a pride in our achievements and possessions next these are not from the but are from this what and continue there's another one and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone, but anyone, but anyone, who's anyone? anyone. Who's anyone? anyone? But anyone who does what pleases God. Who lives forever? Who? Anyone who pleases God. Did you get that? Yes. Not the pastor, not the church system, not your mama, your papa. Oh, you, you got. I mean, if you live at home, uh, don't kids don't take that home. You heard the pastor what he said. I don't got to please you. I got to please God. No, that's not what I'm saying. Cause you're gonna be homeless. <laughs> Look, <laughs> few parents already like. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. That's not what I'm saying. We got to please God. Now, <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I told you this is going to be like a Bible study today. It's good. Okay, good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Here we go. I hope you're following closely with me. Because, listen, the message comes from what God is revealing to you, not from what I am uh, uh, stirring up in you. This is from what God is revealing to you. 
All right, here we go. Number four, verse four. Satan, who is the God of this world. That's not earth. That's not earth. Remember, I'm taking you from what the definition of world is. All right? So, what is Satan's domain? This world. What is, what is the world we're talking about? Huh? Not earth. Not earth. We're talking about the, the human system. We're, 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 talking about the, we're, we're, we're talking about the system that is in place. We're talking about the order. All right? So Satan, who is the god of this world, has done what? The minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to what? To see the glorious light of the good news. Next. They don't this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. I'm going to break all of this down as we're developing this. So now let's read contrast. A contrast to what Jesus said about himself. What Jesus said about himself in contrast to this verse. We just finished reading about Satan being the God of this world. Now listen carefully. John chapter 8 verses 12. Jesus spoke to the people. Who is speaking? The words that we're going to read come from Jesus. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I and and Jesus isn't Buddha. Jesus isn't Muhammad. Jesus isn't uh, you put any other uh, God that you want to put in there. Jesus said, I, Jesus, am the light of the world. If you follow me, if you follow me, if you follow me, one more time, if you you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that does what? Leads to what? To light. Next. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Go back to the previous verse because I want to break this so that you can understand what these Pharisees are upset about. The Pharisees were religious teachers. And so you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you all of the backstory so that you're understanding what's the big deal with what Jesus is saying. So when we go to verse 12, Jesus says, if you follow. So if you follow, Mr. Cooper, if you follow, Mr. Cooper, if you follow someone, where does that place you? Huh? If, yes, but where does it place you? There you go. There you go. But girl, you was watching man drown. And you didn't even help him. Where you at? Where, where you at? Jump in, be like, come on, baby. All right. So you are where? Behind. 
If you're following, you're where? Behind. Behind. Where does that place the one you follow? Let me ask this question again because this is fundamental. If you're following someone, where are you? If you're following someone, then that's someone that you're following, where is that person? Ahead of you. It's in front. Verse 12, that word that is being used there, lead. Lead. Because you will have the light that does what? That leads. That's order. 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 Somebody say order. Order. Now, this is important. This is important. Because leads, order. Bypasses human standards. Human order. Or a human norm. The Pharisees are now... Shaken by what Jesus is claiming. This is mind-blowing to them. They can't wrap their head around this. Because according to Jewish law, in order for a testimony, he is giving, he's giving a testimony of himself. In order for testimony to be admissible in a court of law, as a witness account, it had to be done by two or more witnesses. Jesus is alone. When he is saying, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads you. The Pharisees are like, you're claiming this of yourself? They only see Jesus, one person in the flesh. Jesus is saying, I can give a testimony for myself because I am actually three. I am the Father, I am the Son, also the Holy Spirit. See, my Father is with me. Wait, what? And you, and you have to see this. Literally, you have to try to imagine this. Jesus is saying, uh-uh, I, I, I can give testimony for myself. Listen to verse 14. Verse 14. Jesus told them, these claims are what? Even though I make them about myself. Listen. Next. For I know where I come from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. Next. You judge me by but I do not judge anyone. What are we judging people for? And if Jesus didn't do it, why are we doing it? Sixteen. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. Now, Jesus is alone when he's saying this. So you have to understand, this is, this is, this is blowing their mind. Continue. 
The Father who sent me is with me. What? This sounds, this, it sounds like craziness. Next. Your own this is important. This language is very important and you got to get this. This is all fundamental stuff. You got to get this. Jesus is telling the teachers of law. He says, your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as a fact. Are you ready for this? This is where stuff starts getting weird. Jesus is just freaking these guys out. Let's go. 18. I am one witness. My father who has sent me is the other. They're like, where's your daddy? Where is he? They asked. Here we go. Jesus answered. And this is why sometimes... You're going around trying to preach to people and you sound crazy. You sound sound like, you're like, man, that's bonkers. Listen, why? Because it's craziness to, to, to the people that don't know Jesus. This stuff is crazy. Listen to, listen to what Jesus says. You don't know who I am. You don't know who my father is. If you knew who? Me. Jesus. Me. You knew me. Then you would also know my father. Is there more? Jesus made these statements. Jesus made these statements. Pay attention, guys. While he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasure. I knew he was going to talk about money. Next. But he was not what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why would he be arrested? But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Jesus establishes a point. If you knew me in this statement knew me Jesus is saying if I were the one you were following then you would know me you would know my father you would know that I am not alone but because you don't follow me you have no communion with me you have no intimacy with me you are relegated to seeing me According to this world's standards. Which is exactly what's happening today. This world cannot wrap their head around the things of God because it does not know Jesus. And because it doesn't know Jesus, it all sounds crazy. And I, I, I turn my attention to the young people that are on TikTok. There is an assault on Christianity. There is an assault on the word of God. There is an assault that is venomous. It is toxic. It is dangerous. 
And you parents need to pay attention and follow what your children are listening because they're being indoctrinated of how this is all craziness. And it's all crazy if you don't know the one that you are following. So when you know the one you're following, then you know Jesus. I know that Jesus is three. And then I know that the reason Jesus is three is because I don't see him through human standards. This portion of scripture is recorded here for a very important reason. Everybody's following me with me? You sure? Okay. If we're not careful and we don't understand the one that we are following, then we, though we claim to be Christians and believers, we are just as lost as the rest of the world. But this is why my heart as a pastor is not to come in here and, and tickle and tickle you so that you get all these giggles and, and oohs and ahs and you're constantly just stomping your feet about it. Good word, good word, good word, good word. You need to know this stuff so that when you are up against the hardship of this world, you understand I do not live according to the standard of this world. But Jesus said, if you knew me, then you would know. But because you don't know me. And that word know is intimacy. It's intimate. For those husbands and wives. That relationship and marriage, that intimacy, that is to know. That is to, the Coopers know each other more than anyone else in this room know the Coopers. Well, on that note, let me pause. Somebody else want to sit in the front? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wondering why this girl's seeking Anybody want to sit in the front row? All right. So now, are you following this so far? Now, did you follow the whole conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees? Now, and the reason I, I have so much emphasis on, hey, read and take your time and how you're reading is because if you don't read correctly, you could miss out on a lot of rich information that's in there for your well-being. And we can fumble over it and you can miss a very important golden nugget in this particular moment. Where was Jesus? Where was Jesus standing when he was speaking these words? In the temple. But there was a particular place. Why would that be in the Bible? Why would it be in why would it be why would it, that be important to be in there? Why? I'm telling you you're gonna talk about money. No. 
The treasury was located in the section of the temple called the court of the women. The court of the women. Jesus often taught there so that both men and women could hear him. Why is that important? Why is that important? If you remember the story of Jesus talking to the disciples and telling the disciples, hey, you see how much that guy put in? You see his offering? Did you see this woman? And you remember the story of the little, the little old, the widow with the two mites, the equivalent of two pennies? Well, this is where Jesus is. He's in the treasury. He's in that area. See, Jewish teachers, the rabbis, spoke only in the section that was designated for the men. Women and men were segregated in the temple. Still today in 2023, when you go to Israel, and I've been there twice now, when you go and there is only one wall that's left of the temple, that wall too is segregated. There is a rope. Women are on one side and the men are on another. In 2023. Women and men were segregated. So often women wouldn't hear for themselves what was being taught by the religious leaders. The rabbis, the Pharisees. So they had to rely on what the husband learned. We got any wives here? Could you imagine in 2023 you having to rely on all of the information that your husband heard? Uh, where's Patty? What happened, Patty? Could you imagine? She said, no, nah, I ain't going to <laughs> Could you imagine having to go home and everything that had been taught about law came from your hubby's mouth? Well, you know how great that would be in my house. <laughs> can, I, can, can, I, can I hear from the husbands? Have you ever been caught... Have you ever been caught like you just, you swear you were right and you were so right, but then your wife comes behind you and she has to clean things up? Anybody? No? No? You been there? Yeah? Some of us had happened, some of us it was happened when we were getting dressed this morning. She like, remember. <laughs> Baby, 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 don't worry that. Baby, baby, don't worry that. But, but for Jesus, it was important for him that equally, women heard his word, and men heard his word. Jesus did not care to be in the area that was only for the men. He wanted to be in the section that was there for women and for men. See, our Jesus wanted them to know then, and he wants us to know today, 
that he leads beyond human standard. That he leads us beyond human order. That he leads us beyond a human rhythm. This is why he said, your law says. He made a distinction between Jesus and the law. He is making himself contrary to Jewish law. Now, this is why when you read the teachings of Paul in the Bible, and many of you have read them. He's written over 13 of the, of the, of the books in the Bible, over 13 of them. And, and, and men, male chauvinists, love to read and quote Paul. This is why when you read the letters of Paul and you hear how Paul feels about women and how he, he expressed himself about women, if we're not careful, then we can follow Paul's heart and not follow the heart of Jesus for women. So that's why I said the Bible, there's 66 books. Jesus is turning the world upside down. Jesus is turning the world upside down, guys. We're, we're, we're talking about over 2,000 years ago, he is rocking their world. Our Jesus was no punk. He is rocking their world. And then they used the word arrest because what he was saying was blasphemous. In 2023, my brother, Pastor Gil, and I know that he is watching all the way from Pakistan. We pray for you. We pray for your churches. We pray for the work there in Pakistan. We pray that God sustain you, that God keep just keep his provisions over you, protection over you, your family, your colleagues there in Pakistan. Over 100 churches were lit on fire over the week simply because a pastor wrote on the Quran. See, we're so free in our American mindset and the way we follow faith that we forget that there is a world outside of America. And, and we forget that in that world outside of America, there are believers, women and children and, and dads that are still being persecuted in the same way many believers and Christians were being persecuted years ago. And it happens today. Man, man, I hope you wrap this thing up, man. I got stuff to do. Why? Because it's the Western American gospel. It's the way we see Christianity and faith. And this is why we have no reverence to the things of God. This is why over and over, punctuality, ah, I'll get there when I get there. There he goes again with time. I'm gonna drill this into you. You gonna do you? You gonna learn how to arrive early or find another church? It is so. It is so hurtful that people go. I don't need to get there for the worship. I'll get there for the word. Well, the the, the word and the worship go hand in hand. Amen. All right, stop. Now. I'm going to give you some depth so I can get you out of here. You're, you're, I, I, literally, I'm on, I'm on my last page of my notes. 
I'm going to give you this so that you can understand this. Where was Jesus? Temple. And in the temple, though, he was in a treasury. So to give you further depth of this scripture, why would they mention arrest? Because it was in his time yet. Well, let me give you the entire novella. Anybody know what a novella is? It's a soap opera. But Hispanic novellas are different. Y'all have seen a Hispanic novella. The, the, there's a narrator for every thought, for every look. estaba mirando. Over and over. And everything is... Well, well, this is the novella that's happening here. Where was Jesus? In the temple. He was in the treasure. That was the that was the that was the area what? That was that was huh? Women were in that area. So let me give you this whole thing. So if if you only read this scripture, you miss it. You miss it. Let me show you. Uh, is there? I have a picture of the old Herod's temple. What it looked like. So this is the women's court right here. This is where. This is as far as. The women can go in. Right? Everybody else can get to the other side. The men could, but the women had to stay here. And you know where Jesus' attention was? Right there. Not everywhere else, but right there. I stay within my people. I stay within all of my people, both men and women. Young and old, rich and poor, I'm right there at the center. This is important. Keep this in mind because now you got to get the whole novella. And what the heck is happening? What does, why does this all matter? See, if you only read the scripture in a linear way and you try to read it following a sequential order, a system, you can potentially rob yourself of understanding the rich and deeper teachings. Go with me to John chapter 8, verses 1. We're going to read this. This is where things get bonkers here. Why? Because now I'm going to actually give you the whole picture of how all of this becomes something where Jesus could literally be arrested for. Get this. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. We're going backwards. Right? We're going backwards in the movie. So let's rewind the DVD. Some of you guys, like George, the VHS. <laughs> so Jesus returned to Mount of Olives. Here we go. Patty, you don't want to miss this, Patty. You better hurry up. Go whatever you're going to do. Hurry up. Let's make it quick. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to get you later. <laughs> She's like, what? All right, but listen. But early the next morning, he was back again at the Where was he? At the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and he taught them. So, so you have to imagine he's at the temple and you know where he was where he was speaking. So there are rabbis that are doing trying to do their thing and he's doing his thing. In the same place. At the same time. But if that's not enough. As he was speaking. The teachers. 
a religious law and the Pharisees, they brought a woman. They brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, which obviously adultery can't happen by yourself. Happens with two people, but they didn't bring a dude. They brought the girl. How convenient. They put her where? Next. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Follow. The law of Moses. The what? The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Next. They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But then Jesus stooped down and he did what? Could you imagine the tension in the room? No, can you imagine the tension? And Bree, can you, Bree, can you imagine? That she's like, man, I was just getting a good yawn in there. Can you imagine the tension in the room? They're waiting for him to say something against the law of Moses. And he wrote in the dust with his finger. Next. They kept demanding an answer. So then he stood up again and said, all right. All right. Yeah. By saying all right, hold on. By saying all right, he is saying the law is right. That's what the law says. Stone her. Well deserved. That's what the law says. That's what he says. All right. But if we're about to stone this woman because we're following the law of Moses, one, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Got him! <laughs> and that's what, he's, that's, that's what Jesus is doing. He flipped, the thing, he flipped this thing around. That's where the novella, that's where the novella comes in, right? And, and, and you, can you imagine the kind of music that Univision would use in something like this? <laughs> right? <laughs> then, if it weren't enough, what did he do? He stooped down again. <laughs> Take that in for a while. Take that in if that were you in that position. In fact, that is you in that position. Why? Because you will never be able to meet the standard of the law. Nor myself. How does Jesus treat us? Is there more? When the accusers heard, what did they hear? What did they hear? 
What did they hear? They heard what Jesus said. And Jesus didn't say that the law was wrong. He just said, all right, well, if any of you guys have never sinned, then go ahead, cast the first stone. They slipped away. One by one. Beginning with who? Old people are crooked. Don't you think your mama is a saint? Your daddy is a saint? Your grandma was a saint? Your grandpa was a They are crooked. And who were the first to start putting the stones down? All right. Here we go. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Here we go. I hope you're using your imagination. Then Jesus then did what? So notice that Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't cater to crowds. He goes after the one. The one. The, the one. Don't you ever think that you're always going to find Jesus in the crowd. Now he's after you alone, one on one. You matter that much to him. He says, he stood up again and he said to the woman, this is what he said. This is how he rationalizes with the woman. This is what he says. He said, where, where are your accusers? Didn't, didn't even one of them condemn you? Next. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Come here, Quack. Come here, Quack. You look adulterous. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but he tells he tells the woman. Oh. Yeah, no. You're the woman, yeah, I know. But for the sake of this illustration. Go. Hey, hey Quap. Hey. Don't sin again. people through hell and back, don't we? Yes. Trying to just justify and make right and restore. Man, Becky and I have been married now. We're going on 34 years. Y'all keep clapping. Y'all didn't do the work. But, <laughs> but 34, and I remember being in a church and, and, and when you know, I got my girlfriend pregnant, who was Becky at the time. We talked about 33 years ago. Man, we were not treated that way in the church among God's people. We were children. She was 16. I was 16, turning 17. Man, and we got the sledge, the, the sledgehammer. The, the, uh, we just got it, man. And it is by the grace of God that we stand where we stand 34, almost 34 years later because of his love, because of his grace. Because let me tell you, there was a crowd that didn't move in grace with us. See, no one knows the words Jesus wrote on the ground. No one knows that. You could, For those that have been a Christian for many years, scholars say it said this and that he wrote the law, the different laws, and that he wrote the different sins, and and that's that's what people believe. 
And no, there's nothing, nothing. No one knows what he wrote. The only thing that is known is that Jesus did not allow the written law of that time to move his heart from compassion. And though there were laws that were written on tablets in that day for men to use as a standard to accuse and judge, Jesus had come to be the only law fulfiller in the flesh. The only one who could fully live out the written law without a blemish. That was our Jesus. And while the written laws were written, the law of the world was the law of the land. Jesus was coming to be the light of the world. The light of the world. His, his days on earth were for the sole purpose of showing us all that a new dawn had arrived. A new way had arrived. A new standard had arrived. A new order had arrived. A new rule in the world where Satan used to be the God. Now there is one who stands with a name above all names. That is the name of Jesus. Now the reason we are to live following this order is that this is different for us. We are to look at the world through the eyes, through the filter of who Jesus, the word Jesus is. See, Jesus' coming moves us from darkness to his marvelous light where he leads us only if we choose to follow. But if you don't, it's okay. I want us to stand your feet. And I want you to think about this woman I want you to think about the predicament that this woman is in. I want you to think about the treatment of Jesus. You have to look at this whole scenario. A woman who has violated everything that was holy and sacred. And she is in the presence of the only one who can truly and genuinely judge her. How did Jesus deal with her? 2,000 years ago why then would it be different for you why would he treat you any different and I say this because many of us wrestle, 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 wrestle with not being worthy not being good enough not being perfect enough or Christian enough And Jesus says, who can accuse you? Because I can, but I choose not to. So if this Jesus, if this Jesus loves you and forgives you, 
Why do you need my forgiveness? Why do you need my approval? Why do you need anything from the church or why do you need anything from the pastor? Why? Isn't Jesus enough? Isn't he the light of the world that we follow? So I want you to close your eyes. These are hard questions. These are hard truths. And the reason I share this so transparent and openly with you is because I don't want you to have a commitment and an obligation and a loyalty to a church system or a church pastor. I want you to have a relationship with your heavenly father. I want you to chase after him all of the days of your life. All eyes closed, all eyes closed, all eyes closed. For those that are online, we're gonna just, we're taking the time just to meditate in these words. I want you to listen carefully to these words. I want you to listen carefully to these words. All eyes closed as you are spending this time meditating. You 
eyes closed, I just want you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And as you are praying this prayer with me, know that some of you are repeating this prayer many, many, many times before, but you're doing it to strengthen the people in front of you, behind you, alongside of you. This is a time of encouragement as we pray together. For those that are about to pray this prayer, I want you to think about this. Who can accuse you if not only Jesus? And if Jesus doesn't accuse you, he simply says, go and sin no more. So from this day on, after you pray this prayer, your commitment is directly with God, not with this church, not with this pastor, not with a system, but this is an ongoing relationship between you and your heavenly father from this moment on. So I want you to pray this out loud with me. Heavenly father, I come before you. I am lost. I need help. I need direction. I need guidance. I need a savior. I need Jesus. Jesus, I cry out to you. In this moment of hurt, in this moment of desperation, I'm crying out to you. Come into my heart. Heal me. Heal me and guide my life. I ask this. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I am your child. You are my father. From this day on, I am your child forevermore, forevermore, forevermore. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want somebody to celebrate Jesus. Come on. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.